KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Carol McKenzie. People who owe money on their student loans are getting another reprieve. The Department of Education has extended the freeze in loan payments and interest until January 31st. But the department called this a final extension, and they said this was a definitive end date. And the Secretary of Ed says these extra four months to give borrowers the time they need to plan for the resumption of those payments. U.S. News surveyed about 1,100 people and asked them if they'd be able to resume their payments. About 64% said they'd have trouble, and almost 72% said they'd make different student loan decisions if they had to do it all over again. Wow. So today we're going to talk strategies for those who owe and for those who will soon be heading off to college. Beverly Harzog is the personal finance expert for U.S. News and World Report, and she joins us for the in-depth podcast today. Thanks, Beverly, for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Carol. So what stuck out to you most about this survey? One one of the things that stuck out for me was that 30% of respondents said that they owed more than $30,000 in student loans. I mean, that is a lot of debt to have hanging over your head, you know, when you're young and trying to start your life after college. Uh, The other thing that, you know, really struck me was the amount of people who said they regretted some of their college decisions, you know, and how they were going to pay for college. And I had a feeling that that's how it would be, because I think a lot of young people maybe didn't get enough information and uh, made decisions, not understanding the long-term implications of what it would mean to have so much debt. And of course, nobody saw a pandemic. And that's the thing, like these loans can be hard enough to pay off. But now you throw in the pandemic. A lot of people lost income entirely or partial income. I mean, a lot of people were financially devastated. And now if you have student loans, that's overwhelming. So I want to start off by talking about strategy, particularly for people who are struggling financially. Um, What is your first piece of advice for people who may be thinking, I can't pay, I can't make these payments? Uh, Carol, the most important thing to do is to call your lenders, reach out and let them know you're having trouble. You know, we've got this moratorium again on the federal loan repayment, but a lot of people with private loans are still having to you know, figure out ways to uh, to survive this, you know, if they're not financially capable at this moment of paying, uh, making payments on their student loans. So I urge you, whatever your situation is, reach out and find out what your options are. Uh, you know, in the survey, we noted that about 27% had applied for deferment or forbearance, you know, over a quarter had applied for income-based repayment forgiveness, 27% applied for pay-as-you-earn repayment plan. So there are some options out there, including working in a profession where student loans are forgiven. So, you know, a lot of uh, people in this situation may not even know what their options are. So start researching, reach out for help. You know, there is there is no shame in reaching out for help. You know, you're not alone. This has happened to a lot of people. Is there one place in particular that would make it easy for people where they can go to find out like kind of what the requirements are because they're, you know, you mentioned deferment, forbearance, income-based repayment forgiveness, pay as you earn. These are all completely different plans. And I'm guessing there are completely different requirements for each one. Yes, absolutely. You know, whether you have federal or private loans is going to make a difference. 
one place to start is on the FAFSA website. And I believe it's FAFSA.gov. I'm not, I'm not positive, but the government, U.S. government has a, a lot of really good resources. On U.S. News, we have resources for fi- financial literacy for college students, as well as student loan advice. So just reach out to whichever uh, you know, outlets you're comfortable with. Uh, and gather as much information as you can. In fact, I, I recommend gathering information from several different sources so that you get a good overview of what really is available. I just plug that in. It's studentaid.gov, and you can click, I need information about loan payments and stuff like that. But it, it's overwhelming, particularly if you're facing you know, other problems because you've been financially harmed. I think people just kind of, frankly, they just kind of fritz out. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it really is so understandable. I mean, the past 18 months has been kind of frightening, you know, aside from having money issues as well. So, you know, it's just important for people to realize that they are not alone. Many people are going through this. You can reach out for help. And, you know, I know many people breathed a sigh of relief, you know, when they got the news that uh, the moratorium would be extended. But again, you know, they stress that uh, this is the last time. So do what you can to try to get, you know, on an even keel with your finances. It might mean picking up a side hustle for a short time, uh, reaching out to your lenders and asking about some of the programs that we just discussed. And you just mentioned federal loans and private loans. So these are two different animals here. Um, the things that you mentioned apply, correct, to, for the, to the federal loans? Uh, is that right? Do, yes, but you can also reach out to your private lenders and talk to them about deferments and other options. So basically get on the phone, get on the computer and start uh, (laughs) begging, I guess, for help. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Trust me, they've heard it before when you call. (laughs) They will not be surprised. And I've gotten reports that, you know, uh, people have been very helpful. I was kind of surprised when I'm one of the other things your survey found when it comes to the private loans, that 42 Mm percent hadn't done anything to try to make the repayment easier. Right. And I think part of this is being kind of paralyzed with fear. (laughs) I think it'd be a part of it, but also just not knowing where to start. So I'm so glad that you're having this discussion so we can get some of this information, you know, out to people because sometimes you just need to know what your first step is, you know, and I always say, just reach out, you know, call your lender, get online and see, you know, if you can get information that way. There's information out there, but unfortunately, you have to go looking for it. Yeah, I always say, hey, ask. They can always say no, but they could say yes. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And if you don't ask, the answer is always no. So it's always a good idea to ask. The other thing that set off alarm bells for me is because it points to a much bigger problem, and that is one of economic disparity and opportunity. And that was that 14% said they would skip college altogether. That stunned me. It kind of broke my heart a little when yeah. I saw it because it's a sad commentary, you know, on um, how people feel about their money situation right now. Now, some of that may be some folks as well who decided, you know, uh, maybe they do have a great job, but it's not ever going to cover the amount that they spent, you know, at one of the elite universities. There's that situation too. So, you know, no matter where you are in life, it's very important, uh, you know, that high schools, you know, I would love to see high schools get involved in this and talk to juniors before they get to be seniors 
so that, you know, you've got a lot of time to have these conversations. Talk to them about what the options are to pay for school. You know, I like the option of going to community college for two years. You know, it's more affordable. Many times you can work your way through, you know, and then when you're ready to take your major courses, transfer to, you know, the school of your dreams or the major university, you're going to save a lot of money that way and still graduate from a good school as well. And I want to get, I want to talk about height rising high school seniors in just a moment. But if we had, I guess I'm looking for the silver lining for people who are struggling, particularly those who now say they'd skip altogether because they're overwhelmed. At the end of the day, is college still a good investment in your future? No, Carol, I still wholeheartedly believe that having a college degree is helpful to get you started on a successful path, whatever it is that you want to do in your life. Um, you know, but I do think it's important also to understand what the ramifications are if you graduate, let's say you graduate uh, from college with a degree and something that's not known for a high salary, mm -hmm. and maybe you have 80 grand in loans. I mean, I, you know, I've heard from all, all over the US for people that have this, these kinds of situations. And had they known, you know, that, hey, I need to research the first year salary, you know, just to see where I'll be starting out, see if I'm ever going to be able to repay these loans. Uh, you know, and I recommend that after you do your research, you don't take on loans that exceed what your first year salary might be in your chosen field, just as kind of a guideline, you know, and that helps keep things a little more manageable. But, you know, I've seen, you know, young adults, you know, take on these loans and not really understand, you know, what their starting salary might be and how many things in life they're going to have to put off. You know, our survey also showed that many were putting off marriage and kids because of their student loans. I think one thing a lot of people don't know about, too, is that there are things you can do to have your loans forgiven. Um, I remember a million years ago when I was in college, when I graduated, uh, I was actually called into this little seminar because they wanted teachers to teach in inner city schools. And they said, if you do this for X amount of time, your loans will be forgiven. It it wasn't for me. But uh, mm -hmm. at the time, I mean, I don't know that everybody knows that. And depending on what your your field is, and sometimes it's something outside of your field. I did not, I was not an education major. Um, but you can, if you're willing to kind of maybe uproot your life a little bit or maybe change direction slightly, you can really benefit for something like that. Absolutely. And what a great way to give back to the world, to contribute to society as well. And we found in the survey that 17% were doing that. They were working in a profession where student loans are forgiven. So that's a, I'm so glad you brought that up. That is a great opportunity to give back uh, but also to you know, get some relief on your student loans. That's really a win-win for everybody. Yeah, that that's a huge deal um, that I think kids should be made more aware of. Um, so I do want to now talk about high school seniors uh, because they are now in deep. <laughs> I'm in deep. I've got a child who's a rising senior. She's looking at colleges. It is anxiety-provoking on so many levels. And one of them is, you know, how are we going to pay for this? So you kind of hit on this a little a little while ago, but you said in your words that we need to make sure high school kids understand the concept of opportunity cost. What is that concept? You know, can you explain that to us and how should we be talking to seniors about this? 
Absolutely. You know, the opportunity cost, you know, it means that, you know, if you're going to put all this money into college, uh, you know, when you graduate, you have all these loans, you're going to be paying off these loans rather than investing in a home or investing in your retirement. That's the opportunity cost for spending so much on college. So, you know, it's important to take a look at that. And, you know, sometimes, you know, when people, when this concept is explained, uh, you know, people can see this in a different way. You know, when you're young, you feel like you're going to live forever and you're invincible and it's a great feeling, right? But <laughs> the, the reality has to crash this party. <laughs> That's why I think it's so important for parents and for high schools because, you know, unfortunately, not every child has a parent that's going to talk to them about this. It's great that you're going through this with your daughter. I've been through this twice with my kids. They both graduated from college. Um, and, you know, the way we did it was I had a college fund for them. But I told my kids if they wanted to exceed that, they would need to get loans. Okay. And both of my kids decided to exceed that, but their loans are, are pretty small. Uh, federal loans, lower interest rates. Uh, but that's how we worked it out. But, you know, I did explain to them, like, you're going to have, you know, you're not going to get a new car when you get out of college and you get your first job. You know, that's your opportunity cost here. Um, and, you know, if if you just explain to the kids that, you know, so many people, they get out of college, they're excited, they feel free, but then, you know, they realize, oh, no, I'm really not free because I have all this debt and it can be a very depressing feeling. So it's just important that kids understand how to put a cap on, you know, what the student loans are. And they can't, you know, they're young. They can't be expected to just know this on their own. You know, financial literacy isn't, you know, it's taught. It isn't intuitive. I always say that about credit. You know, it's not intuitive. You know, you really have to understand the basics and how it works. So, and this could take some time. That's why I recommend junior year, you know, before you get into the heat of everything and you feel like you're running out of time to apply and, you know, just a sort of a, a, a dose of reality, help your child research the, the chosen field to see what they can expect to make in, you know, in their career, what kind of salary, and then they can uh, compare that to what they'll be paying off later, you know, and they, some may decide to go ahead and do that, but many might, you know, might think twice about that. You know, they, they'll, they'll have their priorities and having information will empower them. It's always a good thing. But what if you don't know what you want to do? What if you're going to college undecided? So you don't really, you have no idea what you're going to earn when you get out or what your potential is. Well, that's a very good question. And that's one reason why I suggest going to a community college for the first two years. You know, what a great way, you know, uh, a great inexpensive way. I mean, comparatively speaking, <laughs> but a great inexpensive way to uh, sort of explore you know, uh, take courses, explore, explore your world a little bit, uh, mature a little bit. I changed my major many times and then I ended up changing careers anyway. <laughs> so, you, know, you always have that option later, but, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be something you do for the rest of your life, you know, and I, and I tried to convey that to my kids as well, you know, but this is, you know, just pick something to start out with and, you know, you'd be surprised at how uh, one field can kind of lead you into another and it all just kind of blends together, you know, but you do have to have a starting point. And I think community college is a good way 
to kind of get your bearings and, and figure out who you are and at least what direction you're thinking about going in. Figuring out the cost is pretty difficult. Um, it, just because there's basically the list price of the college and then what you actually pay. And, you know, different students are paying a, a different uh, bill for the same school. And, you know, so it's like, okay, this is a list cost. And then what's the school going to give you? And on and on. And what grants and, and all of that. And it just, and I think that's the part that becomes overwhelming because it it seems to me there are so many different places to look. And so I'm wondering what your advice is about that. You know, that's where your high school counselor can really come in handy. Okay. And I know I keep going back to high school, but if we wait until they're in college, you know, and, and to finally explain all this, they've got all this debt already. But, you know, and this is also where the parent comes in. And, you know, honestly, if your child is already in college and dealing with these issues, it's never too late to jump in and help them. I mean, you know, many of us who have years of experience in this life get overwhelmed, you know, with with all of this because there are so many options and it's all financial and there are so many things to think about, so many rules and, you know, it is overwhelming. So all I can say is, you know, make a list of your questions, you know, and parents can sit down with their kids, make a list, you know, of their questions, go see the counselor together. Okay. And you also might have a financial advisor, you know, for your own finances, the parents might, you know, don't, don't um, hesitate to loop in that person as well. Get as much information as you can. Is it a bad idea to take out a personal loan? I mean, there is a difference, federal and personal loans. Can you kind of touch on what the differences are? And is it a bad idea to take out personal loans to cover the gap? You know, we found that many people um, had a mix of both. Okay, I think about half had federal, but then we had many that had a mix of both. Uh, And usually students find that their federal loans, um, if they if they're really uh, stuck on one college, okay, and that's where they want to go, and their federal loans won't cover that. That's when the private loans come in, you know. And there are kids that you know aren't getting any parental support, you know, and they're paying for their college themselves. Uh, and those kids in particular can benefit from you know the two years at the community college. But you know, Carol, it's just it's such a it's such a puzzle to try to work out for everybody and. You know, we should never expect, you know, our young people to our kids, uh, you know, to figure this out all on their own because it does get complicated trying to decide between federal and private. I always say do federal first, you know, shop, shop around for scholarships. They have scholarships for the most obscure things (laughs) you can imagine. You know, so, you know, get busy with that. Talk to your counselor about that and see if you can come up with, you know, a scholarship opportunities and grant opportunities, which might be available for those that don't have any parental support. You know, so it's out there, but, you know, it's uh, it's difficult to sift through everything for sure. It really is. And then, of course, there's work study or maybe being an RA mm-hmm. in a dorm. I mean, you can get a lot of kind of financial forgiveness through those kinds of Absolutely. programs. You know, my daughter did that. Uh, she went to a college that, uh, that was more than we were, that we had, we could pay for. And, you know, I also made a decision and I recommend to other parents, don't dig into your retirement savings for college because you're going to need that, you know, and I'm sure your kids don't want you living with them later. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> if your kid wants to know why you won't give up your retirement, say, do you want me living with you later? <laughs> it's very important you keep your retirement intact. Okay, so look look for other options. But my daughter, uh, uh, she became an RA, and you do have to apply for that. Uh, but your, her room and board was free. And she also got her own room, which she wanted. So that was a win for her. Yeah, it was extra work. Uh, she also did work study and she went to a college, a small private college in North Georgia called uh, Berry College. And uh, all kids have to do work study. They want kids to understand that you you try to earn what you've got, you know, no matter where you're coming from. So all kids had to be on work study programs. And I think that was a great way to teach a work ethic. And so she was doing that as well. And that helped. So, you know, there might be a situation at your particular school that you want to go to that has these options. You know, so if you don't qualify to be an an RA or you you didn't win, uh, you know, the the race (laughs) to be that, you know, there might be other opportunities like work study. When it comes to personal loans, is it smart for parents to be to co-sign them? Would you advise that or advise against it? You know, it's really going to depend on the specific child. Um, I'm hesitating because I, <laughs> I don't like the idea. And the reason is because I have seen relationships blow up over this. Now, if you do co-sign, I suggest only doing it with a child that's very mature, okay, um, so that they understand that this can ruin your credit, okay, if they don't pay, you know, the bill is agreed when, they, when payments start, I suggest having a written contract, all right, uh, you know, write down how much is being borrowed, how much, you know, your child is going to pay back, what the expectations are, when the payments start, you know, are you going to get that six-month deferment before they, uh, you know, you have to start making payments, and what is that date when they begin, so that they understand they get out of college, they get a job, you know, it's their job to pay this off, not yours, And, uh, you know, just be very, I know this sounds kind of cold and business-like, but this can save relationships, you know, and you want to do this because you love your kids. You want to give them a start, okay, a good start in life. Uh, Just be sure that, you know, both sides understand the rules here so that uh, nobody gets their, you know, nobody destroys their credit. Uh, The thing that I think about now, too, is, you know, uh, we're in such a diverse area here in the Philly region. Um, we have incredibly wealthy school districts and we have incredibly poor school districts where kids just aren't getting the support and neither did some of the parents. Uh, you know, some parents maybe didn't go to college or, or weren't taught financial literacy themselves. And I could see where if that's the case as a parent, it it, it must be so overwhelming And, you know, I'm wondering, particularly if your school doesn't have these resources, because unfortunately not all schools do, where can a parent who, you know, who is in that position, where can they go for help or where should they start? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's true. Not every high school is going to have, you know, these options available. You know, one thing I, you know, that any parent can do is get online and do some research, you know, particularly on the federal, uh, you know, uh, websites that offer financial aid, like student aid. Um, Also, look at local and community programs for help. You know, there are programs, you know, to help people with financial problems. Uh, 
you know, helping them figure out what their next steps are. So reach out, you know, to uh, to those organizations. There might be some nonprofits in your area that can help. Uh, and if you're in debt yourself, you know, you might look into credit counseling. You're going to learn an awful lot from that, you know, and that's often, you know, at very low cost. Uh, so there are some options out there. And, you know, the trick here, Carol, is letting everybody know what they are. What if you don't even have a computer? Right. How do we tell somebody that that, that uh, doesn't have a, a computer? Oh, you go to the library, you can use one for, how do we even get that initial information out? So, you know, it, it is a problem. And I would like to see uh, sort of public service announcements on TV, letting people know, because I do focus a lot on researching online. That's what kind of what I do for a living. But, you know, I also need to be reminded, not everybody is online, you know, and and those are the people that need the help the most. It's a huge problem here in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. huge problem with yes. people not being I'm, online, not having yeah. computers. I'm in Metro Atlanta. And yes, we have a lot of those issues as well. So, yeah, it's a hard problem to solve. And you're just trying to raise awareness like you're doing. You know, I really applaud that because the more people talk about this, you know, change will happen eventually. You know, we'll, we'll start seeing more public service announcements, you know, more volunteer programs, you know, where you volunteer to, to, to go and talk to these, you know, neighborhoods, like in community halls, auditoriums, uh, you know, something that will give, you know, people a free resource, you know, and that they can, and that they'll know even exists. Beverly, is there anything that I didn't touch on here that you think is important for parents or kids to know? Yeah, one thing, and we've talked a lot about parent involvement. We talked also about people who regretted their financial decisions, okay? Uh, Some regretted going to an expensive school. They just go to a less expensive school. Some regretted uh, how they paid for it. So, yes, we've got a lot of that. But one thing I want to stress, uh, and I want parents to know this as well as kids just about to start college. If you have a credit card, do not get into debt, okay? If you're unsure that you can handle this, if you have a parent who can't explain this to you and you haven't found a resource yet uh, to try to understand this, don't get a credit card. The last thing you need is to graduate with student loan debt and also credit card debt. So try to avoid that. If you do get a credit card, uh, be sure you pay uh, your balance off in full by the due date every month. Because that's how, you know, uh, people of all ages get into trouble with this, not understanding compound interest and what it means when you start carrying a balance from one month to the next. So that's just one thing I want to point out. That's just, you know, maybe that's one debt you can avoid while you try to, you know, get a good start on your life. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Carol McKenzie, and we'll have another episode out soon.